0: Welcome to Good Life. I'm Dean Wilson, and I'm so glad you are with us wherever you are. If you're in Santa Barbara watching us on television, or if you're watching us at goodlifetelevision.org or the YouTube channel, we're seeing you from all around the world, and we're so grateful. We love you. You're important. You're special. And we're glad you're with us. You can also listen if you want to listen to a podcast, if you like that type of thing. You can go to the podcast. Good Life Conversations is where we're at on all the podcast platforms. And, you know, good life is about the good stuff. And, you know, we get to choose what we dwell on. And that's a really important thing. And so we're going to be talking about that some today. I'm I'm thrilled to be coming to you from Johnny and friends. I'm sitting here with Johnny Erickson Tada, as my guest. Welcome.
1: Good to be with you, Dean, and, of course, all our friends watching.
0: Yes. Uh, so... A lot of you know Johnny Erickson Tata. She's an author, speaker. She's the founder and CEO of Johnny and Friends, which is where we're sitting, which we're going to talk about. Uh, Johnny has written 50 books. She is, she's. We were going over her bio on the drive down here, and it took us, like, the whole drive. But uh, she's an incredible person. Um, she's, uh, she's had an impact. Her and her husband, Ken, they've been married 40 years. This ministry has been going for decades and impacting people with disabilities and their families all around the world. So, um, you're, I just want to thank you. I mean, you're, you're, you're a really inspiring person. Well, you
1: made me very tired just listening to that uh, introduction. My goodness, do I do all that stuff?
0: Whoa, am I a quadriplegic? And she paints. <laughs> I
1: can't and believe she sings. It. Well, uh, you know what? Um, when you don't have use of your hands or your legs, you got to reach down deep and find something that you can do. And at least I can sing. I can paint holding a brush between my teeth. And I like to make uh, good use of what little things I still have left.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Now, some people haven't heard the story. So can you just take us back to actually what, when you're 17 years old, what happened?
1: I was 17 growing up on the East Coast in Maryland and heading off to college. But I took one last uh, trip to the beach with my sister. Um, Didn't realize the water was that shallow. And immediately when I dove off the raft, my head thudded against a sandbar that snapped my neck back and crushed my, my um, cervical vertebrae. And immediately I severed my spinal cord. I was, uh, oh, Dean, I was lying face down on the water, holding my breath, hoping that my sister Kathy would notice I had not surfaced from my dive, And I would have drowned, but a crab bit her toe of all things. And it so startled her that she quickly whirled around in the water to you know, scream to me, watch out for crabs. And when she did, she saw my my blonde hair floating on the surface, and, and I knew I was in trouble. She rescued me, and they took me off to the hospital. Um, doctors told me I would never walk again and never have use of my hands. Got a little bit of shoulder muscles, some good biceps, but no use of my hands, and it's been like that for 55 years. Oh my goodness, I can't believe I've survived that long.
0: And, and the and the first two years were rough.
1: Pretty rough, very depressed. In fact, um, they pushed me to occupational therapy when I was in rehabilitation. And my OT said, I know you're an artist, Johnny. I, I, I've seen some of your work when you were in high school. So here, hold this charcoal pencil between your teeth. and." Draw something that expresses what's going on. And Dean, that's what this is right here over my shoulder. It's a a face of anguish. It's a face that conveys, oh God, this is my lot in life. I've got to do this. I can't do this. And of all the things I've painted, it is my favorite thing still. Because it was not only my portrait back then. I think it's pretty much everybody's portrait. Maybe some of our friends watching, it's their portrait. It's, right. oh, God, I can't do this life. I can't manage. I can't make it. How am I going to go on? Yeah. And so um, it was a way I kind of expressed my depression on paper.
0: And then what ha- Like, what changed? Or what?
1: I did not realize it at the time, but there were a lot of friends praying for me. You know, Dean, after 55 years of quadriplegia, people say, what changed you? What What was it? What What was the turning point? And I'd say it was people's prayers. We do not realize how God can take the most faint, feeble-hearted prayer and make so much of it. And there were a lot of people praying for me. And um, to to uh, to paraphrase what the Bible says, we wrestle not against um, the flesh and blood of our physical problems or even quadriplegia. We wrestle against powers and principalities. Yeah. Dark forces in the heavenly realms that would love love nothing more than to keep us steep in depression. And thankfully, uh I think my friends' prayers broke through that stronghold of depression and God peeled away the the crusty layers of my heart and began to deal with me. But it was mostly first through their prayers. And the Word of God.
0: Yeah, you say, you, you said before we came on, you, you kind of take a scripture every day. You kind of oh, claim it, a promise. Ah,
1: Absolutely. I think, oh, there's so many Bible verses that helped me back then. But, but there was one Bible verse that really hit. And it was, a friend showed me it from Isaiah chapter 50, verse 10. And uh, it says, For he who walks in darkness... And does not have a single ray of light. Let him trust in the name of the Lord his God. And that was me, Dean. I was walk- I was in darkness. I wasn't even walking. I was just in darkness. And there was not a single ray of light. But it was it was that scripture that made me think, I can't live with this depression anymore. I'm tired of lying in bed telling my mother to uh to shut the bedroom door, turn out the lights. Close the drapes. I don't want I don't want to live. Well, after about three weeks of that, four weeks, I realized I can't live like this, steeped in self-pity. And so I I began saying to God, Jesus, if I can't die, then you just gotta show me how to live.
0: Because
1: mm. I can't do quadriplegia. But you tell me that I can do all things through you yeah. as you strengthen me. So I don't know how that works, but show me, and uh, what can I say, like one day, one week, one month at a time. Um, I began to sit up in my wheelchair. Um, I began to sit in front of a, uh, it was a big music stand, and my sister would plop my Bible on it, and she put a mouse stick between my teeth, and I would flip the pages of the Bible this way and that, you know, trying to find hope, Yeah. and thankfully I did. You found it. I did. I found hope. I found some amazing scriptures that just... Okay, here's one. This really helped me. Second um, Corinthians chapter uh, four, verse eight. Though we are hard pressed on all sides, we are not crushed. And that's a promise. And I said, okay, God, you tell me that you were good for your word. I'm gonna believe this promise. I mean, I feel like my quadriplegia and my chronic pain is pressing me in on all sides. But you tell me it's not going to crush me. So I'm going to believe that. Yeah. And and from then on out, Dean, I just recited, started reciting to God out loud because I didn't want the devil to have any doubts about what was going on in my head <laughs> and in my heart. I wanted him to know that I was tired of being self-pitying and I I wanted to move forward into life. And so I would say out loud every single Bible promise I could think of. That one from Second Corinthians 4 and... And from Hebrews 12, um, oh, my goodness, uh, he is our ever-present help in this trouble. Um, God will not abandon me nor forsake me. Um, his grace really can and will be sufficient. I mean, I just kept reciting Bible promises, mainly to educate my own heart and and my own will that, Johnny, there is hope. You can get beyond this. And Jesus is the answer. Mm. So I, that's the way I, I, I started out. And Dean, do not think I'm a professional at this disability. I, I wake up in the morning, even now after 55 years, and, I, and because I'm aging, and because pain is now an issue, chronic pain, it's like I need Jesus even more. I say, God, I cannot do this. I, I, I just cannot do quadriplegia, but I can do all things through you as you strengthen me. And I think that's the Christian way to live. You got to wake up in the morning, knowing you can't make it without him. Right. It's just just be honest with him and say, God, I can't do it. I can't do this on my own. But I can do all things through you. So show up big time in my life because I really need you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> suffering. If there's one thing in the suffering that we've experienced in our life, which is nothing compared to what you've experienced, the suffering can. Nudge us in the direction of utter dependence, can't it?
1: Yes, I think suffering is like a—it's like a um, a sheepdog that snaps at your heels and drives you down the road to Calvary, to the cross, where otherwise you would not be inclined to go. Mm. You would—we would not be inclined to run to Jesus. But suffering is—is is, it just nips and snaps at our heels and it pushes us. In the direction of the cross and uh, that's what my suffering does it, it 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 breaks apart my rocks of resistance it it shatters my pride it forces me well it forces me to be like the Apostle Paul who said in 2nd Corinthians chapter 1 he said okay I, this is a paraphrase my brothers I do not want you to become uninformed about the hardships we endured in Asia we were facing pressure far beyond our ability to control. We even despaired of life. And that's how hard it got for Paul, which means, God, I'd rather die than face what I'm going through. Mm -hmm. But then in the next verse, he says, but these things happened, you know, all those tough times in Asia. And this happened, that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God, who raises the dead. And man, if God can raise the dead, surely he can raise my spirits. Surely he can raise me up out of depression. Surely he can be good on his word. And um, I think that's the biblical way to live. You know, sometimes we, we just, we think, we, we, we just lean on our own resources. We depend on our own props. We get in our comfort zones. And then God lobs a hand grenade into all that and blows it to smithereens through, let's say, a disability. Or a botched surgery, or an unexpected divorce, or a death in the family, and suddenly, we are forced into the arms of God, where otherwise we never would have gone. Mm. I wouldn't you agree? I know that you have a a, a daughter with a disability, Ella. Yeah, yeah. The same is true for you, Russ. Right?
0: Yeah. It's. Um, I th- there's. I think there's definitely uh, a sense of dependence that comes that's come over we've been doing this 20 years and and you're right i mean i mean that's interesting about you know suffering kind of nips at you but the 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 grind you know the the daily stuff that you didn't think about before you know my wife's a 24-7 caregiver for this girl for 20 years and that changes everything and it's changed our whole family it's changed our perspective her perspective is different than mine yeah her perspective is when she wakes up in the morning, it's the best day ever. She's so glad she gets to be together. Ella. Ella. And That's what she says. I'm just so glad we get to be together. Oh. And we pray together every night. Same prayer. I pray for her. But then there's odd times when she prays for me. So, so I'll be on the bed. And if I'm sometimes struggling or I can't even pray, she'll crawl over to my bedside and pray for me in Spanish. I love it. And and it's just like, it's been life-changing for us. But yes, I mean, I...
1: Oh, Dean, there's nothing better than having someone who suffers pray for you. There's nothing better than having somebody with a severe disability pray for you. Psalm 10, verse 17 says, God hears the cry of the afflicted. So when I'm in pain or when I'm having a tough day or I'm on the verge of depression, I I find somebody else with a disability. Would you please pray for me? Because I know... I know that that person's prayers have special power, have yes. a special yes. audience with God. And Ella, obviously, because of her own yes. disability, has a special audience with God. So I'm so glad you lean on her for prayer.
0: Good I'm for so her. glad you Good said you. that. I've thought that. Really? I didn't know about that scripture. I have thought that, and I'm, but I didn't want to say it out loud because I didn't know if I was being Oh, no, no, it's
1: not heebie it, it, It's no, Psalm 1017. It
0: t- somebody write that down. <laughs> Psalm 1017. Yeah, <laughs> he
1: hears the cry of the afflicted, and he is attentive to their need. He, in, in other words, when people who suffer pray, and, and maybe some of our watchers, uh, listeners, viewers, you know, usually one of your prayers are going past the ceiling. Well, if you're suffering, God's cupping his ear. God's listening. God is attentive to your cry. And I think that's why when you read the book of Psalms, David, who was a king, right? He describes himself as poor and needy. Hmm. And in Psalm 72, he cries out and and constantly is crying. In Psalm 72, he says, why are you downcast? Oh, my soul. Like, come on, soul, get it together. Put your hope in God, your savior. Uh, Because David obviously knew that God would be good on his word. Mm. And come through on his promises. And obviously, Ella knows that as well. Yeah, That's pretty cool. You've taught her well. <laughs>
0: <laughs> she hears from the Lord. And by the way, she always reminds me, he speaks really good Spanish. <laughs> Spanish is que her bueno. Her, que Spanish bueno. is her preferred language. She said that I have a video of her saying this one time when she was by my bedside. She says, he speaks such good Spanish. <laughs> I've never thought about that. That's fun. Um so I want to, you, you, act, I mean, you're enduring pain. And, and I, so I wake up this morning and I see your Facebook message from this morning Johnny and friends, you can find it, at, at just your, your message this morning. And you were, you were talking about, you actually sang in this post this morning. It was beautiful. And you were talking about being in pain. And then before we came on, you said, when I asked if you sang, you say, I have to sing. Yes. That is so yeah. powerful. I have Talk to about that. Well, I
1: I uh, I have to sing. I have, I have to. I. I have been down that dark, grim road to depression so many times in years, years, years past, and Dean, I just don't want to go down there again. It's too horrible. It, it, those weeks, many weeks, I laid in bed, in a dark bedroom with the drapes closed, lights out. You know, don't let, I don't want to see anybody. I just want to be here but my... That was miserable. I don't want to be that person. I can't be that person. I want to be a better Johnny than I was yesterday. And so I choose a hymn, and um, it could be any hymn, Be still, my soul, the Lord is on thy side. Or it could be, um, Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. And... and when, when you put good biblical truth to a melody, it has a way of marrying that truth in, in your heart and your head. Yes. You don't easily forget it. Yes. And so I seek my way through suffering. And actually, my example is Jesus. I mean, because there's only one place in Scripture where it's recorded that he sang. And only one? Yeah, yeah, only one. And it is in the Gospel of Matthew... In the upper room with his disciples, after he broke bread, when he was betrayed, it says, then they sang a hymn and went out into the night. So when Jesus was led away to his death, he had a hymn on his heart. And and that's my example. My Savior is such a good model of how I should approach my own suffering. If I'm to be led away to my death every day, because indeed every day we pick up our cross and die to self, It's a hard life. Um, I want to make certain that I'm singing something that's good and biblical, something that packs enough punch to lift (laughs) me up out of my depression or discouragement for the day and get me uh, more hopeful. Yeah. So
0: So, so talk to the person who's watching this right now who's in that bedroom with the drapes closed and the lights out maybe not physically physical pain but maybe emotional pain maybe you talk about depression or anxiety people are suffering just in droves (sighs) these days and they're in that bedroom and maybe they found this video not Mm. by accident what do you say to them
1: well do not be ashamed of whatever it is that's uh that's discouraging you or maybe it is that divorce or a botched surgery or or arthritis, or um, some deep disappointment, don't be ashamed of it. Be like the Apostle Paul. Be like me. Boast in it. Let it be the very thing which when you wake up tomorrow morning, you let it drive you into the arms of God where otherwise you really wouldn't go, except that you've got this hardship, this suffering, and you and, and, and you got to do something with it. Well, bring it to God. He's got... He's got so many resources to just pour out upon you. And so when, when people ask me, how, how do I get rid of depression? Well, I say, wake up tomorrow morning, confess it to God and say, I cannot do life. But I can do all things to you, God, If if you strengthen me and then act out that confidence. Take a step of faith, take a shower, eat your breakfast, get dressed. Go out the front door and find somebody else who's suffering worse than you are. That's what I do. I mean, when, when I'm having a really rough day, I go find somebody else whose disability is far more limiting than mine. And I invest in them. I call them up. I text them. I, I write them a letter. I, I go visit them. I, I mean, that's what I do here at this ministry at Johnny and French. Find somebody else who's hurting worse than you are and invest your life in them. It'll do wonders for opening up your heart to the possibilities of life. But ain't no possibilities going to happen if you just stay in bed with the lights out and the drapes closed. you got to grab hold of a scripture like, um, well, like, uh, oh, I don't know. Okay, like Isaiah 15, verse 10. If you don't have any light in your life, if you're walking in darkness, hold on to God's hand and let him lead you through that front door out into the community to find somebody who you can serve it's a great way it's a biblical way to live it mm. really
0: is you know i was listening to something else this morning and was, uh, dallas willard who's, oh yeah you, you probably yes know um dear couple he and jane and and he was giving a talk at wheaton years and years ago and and he was talking about the kingdom of god sometimes i think people don't there can be a little confusion. And yet Jesus talked about the kingdom of God constantly. But Dallas Willard described the kingdom of God as God in action, where what he wants done is done. But I think, and he says says to these students, he said, you know, what are you seeking in your life? He said, if you're, you know, because the scripture says, seek first the kingdom of God, what does that mean? And so Dallas says, well, he says, well, if you lost your car keys and you were seeking them, what would you do? You'd look for him. Where would you look? Everywhere. He says, so when we're seeking first the kingdom, we're looking for God in action everywhere. Absolutely. And I think about what you guys do here, Johnny and friends, especially among just hurting, physically hurting people, special needs people, where I've heard the divorce rate of special needs families is really high. It's a major ordeal. We've been through it. Those people that you're serving, I think sometimes as we're looking for the for the kingdom of God, maybe sometimes we look past yeah. special needs people when they actually have so much spiritually yeah. to show us. Has that been your experience?
1: Oh, yes. And I think it was Jesus's experience as well. Um, he says in Luke chapter 14, starting with the 12th verse, he said, when you give a banquet, that is when you, you know, want to create community or... You know, your fellowship. Don't invite your rich friends, your relatives, your neighbors. You know, these are all people that it's easy to be with. These are people in your comfort zones. These are people you identify with. He said, pull up the 10 pegs in your thinking and go beyond those people. <laughs> go out, find the disabled, the lame, and the blind yes. and bring them in. Do this, he says, and you will be blessed.
0: Yes,
1: Dean, I am so blessed in the Ministry of Johnny and Friends as we serve other people with disabilities. Because, and I think maybe you and our viewers can tell, I'm, I'm, I'm just the exception. I, I really, I'm the, I'm the exception. I, I, have a, I, have a, I have a job, I've got a husband who takes good care of me. I, I mean, I, I've, got, I've got relatively good health, even though I've been in a wheelchair for 55 years. I'm the most blessed quadriplegic you'll ever meet in this world. But what do you do with blessings? You never hoard them. Yes. They'll rot in your lap. Mm. You gotta quick pass them on to other people. Mm. And that's why I started Johnny and Friends because I know I'm the exception. I know I have extraordinary good health. And so I'm gonna squeeze every ounce of ministry effort out of my paralyzed body that I possibly can to make certain other people experience. The blessings I've enjoyed, yeah. which is why we do what we do at Johnny and Friends. We hold retreats for special needs families in developing nations. And here in the United States, we distribute wheelchairs to children with disabilities. We get the word of God. We do disability ministry training in countries where they still think cerebral palsy is a curse from a local witch doctor. We just do everything we can to honor what Jesus says in Luke chapter 14. Um And, and, hey, there's not many places Jesus, because that's specific about who he once invited into his kingdom. But right there, he said, of all the people you might overlook, do not overlook those with disabilities. So that's why we do what we do at Johnny and Friends.
0: It's so beautiful. When you were talking, I was thinking about another verse. When I think somebody asked, you know, why is this person suffering with this? And did their, is it their dad? Did their their parents sin Mm -hmm. or something Mm -hmm. like that? And they said, this happened that the works of God may be displayed in his life. Right. And I'm sure you see that all the time. Like yeah. we, we With Ella Claire, we've seen that I mean, Yeah. This happens so that the works of God can be displayed in his life. Right, right. Isn't that amazing? It is
1: amazing. And, you know, sometimes when we think about God working on somebody's life in a wonderful way, we think, oh, they're healed of their cancer. Oh, they're, they're, they've recovered. Oh, oh, we think... You know, oh, he's got financial stability. Oh, she found a man to marry. You know, but but no, the good things are usually, the courage,
0: in it.
1: Yeah, in it, the courage in it, the peace in it, right? The perseverance, the endurance. These are the things that shine like diamonds in, in yes. God's perspective. So.
0: Oh my gosh. Yeah.
1: You know, so you know, I, somebody once shared with me ten little words that um, God permits what He hates to accomplish what he loves. He takes no delight in people's suffering, takes no delight in disability, takes no delight in affliction, but he permits things that he hates. Um, God permits all sorts of things he doesn't approve of in order to accomplish something that he loves. And of course, it is just what we were just talking about. The peace, the courage, the joy, uh, Christ in us, the hope of glory itself. Yes. And, and, and um, a good example of that real quickly. Look at look at Jesus on his cross. I mean, God the Father permitted that. And there was nothing about it that was wonderful. It was hateful, it was despicable, it was full of it was torture, it was murder, it was injustice and treason. But God permitted what he hated, the death of his own precious son, in order to accomplish something that he loved. Of course, salvation for a world of sinners. Yeah. And that's a good parallel yeah. for all of us who suffer. God permits what He hates, the suffering, the hardship, yeah. to accomplish something that He loves.
0: Yeah, you didn't do something wrong. He loves no. you, and He's accomplishing His Absolutely. purpose. Absolutely. Christ in you, the hope of glory, and another one, you know, for your light and momentary afflictions,
1: afflictions
0: are achieving for you. That's powerful. An eternal
1: weight of glory.
0: That far outweighs them all.
1: Absolutely, Dean. Uh, I think we just, as as the, for everybody who's Followers of Jesus Christ, we can be encouraged that every day we have an opportunity to invest in expanding our eternal estate. I mean, everything right. we do down here on earth has a direct bearing on how much joy and worship and service in heaven that we'll, we'll have. And man, I don't want to jeopardize my eternal estate with a lot of complaining. I'm not going to diminish my eternal estate by doubting God. I I, I want to... I want to trust him. I want to obey him. I want to persevere through the hardships. And if I have questions or if I'm on the verge of depression, take it to God. And and, in that way, um, I am winning an eternal reward that far outweighs the inconvenience of my wheelchair. And again, that's such a biblical, it's such a Christian way to live.
0: Yeah. We suffer with him on the way to being glorified with him. In that sense, no suffering for the for the person in Christ is meaningless, is it? Right. It's all there's something there's meaning to. It. Mm-hmm. Do you think about glory? Do you think about do you think about making that graduation Ooh. and what that would be like?
1: I wonder what it'll be like. I hope it's not too soon because there's so many people I want to tell Jesus about. <laughs> you know, so many people I know who have not yet heard the gospel. Oh, Dean, it would be horrible if. If the suffering that a person with a disability endures is only a dark omen of even worse suffering to come if they don't know Jesus. So I, I invest everything I can in Johnny and friends to make certain that good news, that gospel of Jesus gets out there. And especially in places where the kingdom of Christ is weak. Mm-hmm. There are plenty of places around the world where it's weak. And, and we want to go and make it strong. You know. Yeah, and, work to do. Yeah, absolutely. And And when I get to heaven... Oh, my goodness, What won't it? It'll be so amazing jumping up, dancing, kicking, doing aerobics, (laughs) having such joy. Oh, I can't wait. But I think apart from Jesus and my husband, the first person I'll want to see in heaven is the 10th leper. You know, the story in Luke where um, a group of lepers uh, were standing there and Jesus came upon them and and they all scream out, heal me, heal me. Well, Jesus did heal them. But only one came back to thank him. And I want to be that, I want to meet that tenth leper. Because we've got a lot in common. Man, my heart is just so full of gratitude for God and all that he has done uh, to give me that courage that we talked about a moment ago, that peace, that joy, that perseverance. That's what counts. Not how many books I've written or, you know, a movie made by Billy Graham. No. What counts is What I've done with my afflictions, have I honored God in them? Mm. I can't take much to heaven with me, but I can take the character of Christ. Mm. And so what a goal for any of us as believers, right?
0: We're out of time. I'm very disappointed. And I
1: wanted to hear more about Ella.
0: I didn't even get to my questions. Next time. (laughs) (laughs) This has been a real honor for me. And uh, I'm so fortunate to have met you. You filled our cup. You
1: have filled mine as well. And give Ella a big hug from Mrs. Johnny, okay? I will do it. Go ahead. Thank tell, you. tell her bendiciones.
0: <laughs> I will do it. Thank you, Johnny. And anyway, we thank you for being with us. We'll see you next time.